Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Stories of Darkness. My name is Sean. Thank you so much for listening. All of your support is very much appreciated. You can stay in touch with me as well as keep up to date on new episode releases and other gaming-related content on Twitter by following me at Stories of Dark. You can also find me on 2d10.com and check out all of the other amazing content available on the site. Our next story is called Family Matters and is from the first edition Giovanni Clan book, which was published in 1998 by White Wolf and written by Justin Achille. A word of warning, listener discretion is advised on this one. This story includes themes and terminology that some may find offensive. I'll quote the author in the beginning of the book who writes, They're here for you to inspect and learn from. It is only by confronting these atrocities that we can hope to rise above them. I gotta get me one of them geo-accountants. I hear they really know what they're doing. Not that I can afford to be picky, that's the irony. 17 fucking million dollars a year that I can't just sink into a bank. You think they'd be sucking my dick just to get me to talk to them, but no, they don't want dirty money. I ask them how my money's any dirtier than those slumlords or some insurance agents, but they're not interested in my polemics. Anyway, that's the upshot of why I have to use these guineas instead of a nice FDIC institute. The profit margin's really nice, but it's not insured, and that's what a fellow like me needs is the insurance. I never know whether or not my operation is going to get all busted and I'm going to have to run. I'd at least like to know that my money's somewhere nice and accessible. Using these WAPs, I gotta call Oscar, who handles my investments, and get some kind of sit-down with one of the big-shot Goombas. Then I gotta justify why I need the money. Can you imagine? I gotta tell them why I need my fucking money. It's not that they give me any lip, but when I need large amounts, they really bust my balls about it and call me a filthy lucker. I don't even know what the fuck a filthy lucker is. I'm just a producer. Sure, there's snuff films, but what the fuck? You gotta do what you're good at, right? So like I was saying, you gotta have a meeting with these motherfuckers to get your money. And those old guys that are in charge are really spooky. Now let me say that I'm not the squeamish type. It takes an iron gut to grab some bitch off the street, drag her into a warehouse, poke her eyes out, and fuck her skull. So I've seen my fair share of the wet work, but these guys creep my ass out. Like this one time my studio gets shut down, right? And I'm all, ah shit, I got this fucking John wanting a tape tomorrow, and I got no place to do it. It's not like I can film this shit at my house or something. I call Oscar up at like 9 fucking o'clock at night and I'm practically hysterical. These shitbags that buy snuff art aren't the forgiving types and most of them are powerful enough in their day life to squish you like a bug. So Oscar shows up driving that big fat Benz S600 with this look on his face like get in the car Charlie. I get in over on the passenger side and I see there's this girl all crumpled up in the back seat. She looks maybe 19, 20, dolled up like it was prom night or something except she's pale and unconscious. Oscar himself is wearing that nice black suit, the one that has no vents in the jacket and smells like money. And I'm thinking, maybe I called at the wrong time, like I broke up their dinner or something. I mean, here I am, 17 million bucks a year, looking like a bad day in the Miami Vice set, and feeling like half a fag with these two. Is she gonna be alright? I say, looking at the back seat. Probably not, Charlie. Now shut the fuck up before I pull off your head and spit down the hole. Yeah, I must have interrupted something. Oscar's always holier than thou, but shit, I'm not interested in that kind of talk from my fucking money manager. The rest of the trip passes the same way, with the tension so hot I feel like I'm going to sweat to death. I can't help but wonder, if she's not going to be alright, why the hell are we going and doing business while she's all fucked up? Oscar pulls off down that spooky-ass rural road with a big chief, I call him the Grand Goomba, keeps the estate. 
There's all these sick-looking trees and big piles of moss and shit on either side of the road, and you can't even see the sky because of all the tangled branches. It feels like you're driving in the Batcave, except Batman's pretty much a good guy, and these motherfuckers are straight-up villains. But what the fuck, I'm thinking. It's not like I'm Gandhi or Mother Teresa or any of that shit, right? So we get to the house, which is fairly grim in and of itself. It's all tall and pointy with long, skinny windows and shutters and shit. I'm all used to apartments and boxy houses and housing developments with neighbors that work at State Farm and IBM. These motherfuckers don't even have a neighborhood. They're like, the only ones out here. It's pretty fucked up. They even got tombstones and crypts and shit in their backyard. I've never seen that, but you know how they say these rich eccentrics are, right? This whole place looks like the Kennedy Mansion, except Jackie O was Dracula instead. We get out after Oscar parks in the back and walk around to the front, where this lurch motherfucker answers the door. I'm all... You rang, but nobody's laughing, and I feel like I just walked into a time machine. There's about six people hanging around the sitting room, and they all look sick as fuck, like pale and sunken eyes and all that. One of them is this kind of pretty girl with long, dark brown hair that curves at the end, but she's looking like she hasn't been to a mall or the store ever. Her clothes are all old-timey, and she's got this super sad look on her face with these great, big, really dark eyes. I guess I shouldn't be so upset that she looks sad, I'm thinking, because... These guinea bitches usually have mustaches and shit. I'd better like her as she is. Some other woman's in the room too. The mother or grandmother, I guess. The women don't stay too long though, as this guy in a big old overstuffed chair says, Excuse us, ladies, while we talk about business. The women take off, and this little rat-looking kid leaves as well. He must be too young to be in the family industry. This WAP giving orders I've dealt with before. His name's Michael. Except he spells it all queer, like Michelle, and I'm thinking, yeah, like Michael Corleone. He's pretty tall and built, and he could probably kick my ass, so I don't mess with him. I'm all yes sir and no sir. I get the sense that he's some kind of middle manager or something, but whatever he's middle managing is way successful. I gotta wonder, though, if they're so fucking rich, why the fuck do they live in this rundown shithole of a house? Nah, they probably don't want to leave behind the remains of their dead Dago grandpas, maybe. Oscar tells me you're in a bit of a bind, Charles. Your studio is under police scrutiny. That's one fucked up thing about Oscar. I never see him on the phone. I've got this number that I call that he always answers, but I never see him carrying a cell phone or nothing. And the big shots at WAP Central here always seem to know what's going on before I get there. Yes, sir, I said, looking at my shoes. Italian leather loafers. Damn. And you need some money? Yes, sir. Again. Well, Charles, what would you do with money at this time of night? Run down to a real estate agent and rent out an abattoir? That's like a place where they kill cows to make them into hamburger. The guineas in the room think it's real funny, but I'm not laughing. Shit, I've got my pride as an artist, right? Slaughterhouse my ass. Uh, no, sir. I was going to, uh... You see, there's this guy, right? He's got this... Ah, fuck it, man. I was going to ditch town and get away from this John. I own a film tomorrow, and if I got no studio, I can't make the movie, right? I mean, it's not like I can just grab some bitch and rape her on the side of the fucking road, you know? Well, I guess I could. That's it? This motherfucker says? All you need is space? Well, Charles, I'm sure you understand that you've asked for a lot of money. We're not an ATM, my friend. And you must know that every cent of yours is very dear to us. It's really creeping me out that he's getting closer and closer to me, leaning out of his chair and eventually standing up right in front of me. I tell you what. Why don't we let you make your little film in the basement? Now I'm sure everything is fucked up beyond repair. This isn't the kind of thing your accountant normally has you do, right? 
I'm sure I'm going to walk into that basement and Grandpa Munster is going to be down there and they're going to fucking whack me. But they just said my money's good for them. I'm a valued customer or something, right? Uh, okay. I guess. Um, I'm going to need a camera and a co-star? This is way fucking sick. I'm trying anything I can to get out of this damn house with these zombie wops who want me to fuck dead chicks in their den. Already taken care of. Geo? I turn around where Michael is gesturing and there's this thick ape-looking guy in one of the same expensive suits as these guys in the room with me. He's got a camera on a tripod slung over his shoulder and the girl from Oscar's car in his hand. She's dangling like a sleeping kitten. She's not already dead, is she? I ask Oscar and my eyes are wide as saucers. No, no. Oscar shakes his head, lighting a cigarette and not even looking at me. Fucker. Uh, let's get to work then. Fuck this, get it over with, and get me the hell out of here. The Greaseball Patrol and I go down into the basement, and it's even more like the Twilight Zone. No monsters, but damn, I wish there were. At least the monsters were sort of funny. This is like I'm underneath some old castle or old church or something, all cut out of rock and cold as a hooker's pussy. There's some nasty shit leaking on the walls, and this whole place smells like dust and dead stuff. The furniture is all old as hell and covered with those white sheets to keep you from fucking it up. I'm looking at the staircase, wondering whether I should bolt for it, but it must have been like a good five minutes walking down the fucking stairs. Starting to sweat, getting those cold trickles of perspiration like needle junkies have. Some of the guys move all the furniture aside while Oscar and one of the other wops tie up the Jane and wake her up. She's all groggy and I'm glad she's not more aware. This shit is even worse than normal. What do the women upstairs think of all this? And we cut the film. I've got this old pillowcase over my head with just some eyes cut out and I'm hardly at my best. I do the act and finally split the girl's head open with a fireplace poker. What a fucking mess. Head wounds always bleed tons of that thick black blood. Worst thing about it is these fucking dagos standing around like a pack of starved dogs with these looks on their faces like someone's fucking them up the ass. One of the motherfuckers is even drooling. This shit's like Deliverance meets Godfather on the set of Beetlejuice. So there I am, with my dick in one hand and this fucking tape in the other. Oscar gets all my clothes together and lets me get dressed. I guess some little wopplet will come down and clean up the mess, but I don't even fucking care by now. With any luck, the cops will bust down the door and drag my ass to jail, way the fuck away from these sick sons of bitches. Then Oscar and I go upstairs and out the front door. We get in his car and he takes me home. The next day I meet my contact. I give him the tape, and he gives me a half a million dollars in a Kenneth Cole briefcase. Half a million more to invest with Oscar and the Giovanni family. I'm proud of you, Charlie, Oscar says that night, and we're back at 1313 Mockingbird Lane. I haven't seen any of the other non-business types this evening. I guess Lydia Dietz and the grandmother of Frankenstein have knitting to do. Michael's there, though. He's got blood under his fingernails. Not a good fucking sign. You operate well under pressure. Real fucking funny, Oscar. The ape dago Geo pours everyone a glass of wine and things get weirder again. The whole room toasts me and wishes me health and success. I get that fucked up sense again that they're laughing at a joke that I don't understand. And damn if this red wine isn't the richest shit I've ever had. Who the fuck wants wine that tastes salty for Christ's sakes? As I drink, I see Michael rubbing those bloody fingers. He looks at Oscar and gives a little nod of salute. This wine tastes like getting punched in the nose. All metallic and bitter and oddly sweet and... bloody. Fuck. 
I don't feel so good. I gotta get me one of them Jew accountants. I hear they really know what they're doing. 